0: For Thursday, January 14th, 2021, this is Did You Wash Your Hands? We're a podcast from WABE answering the questions everyone's asking during the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm health reporter Sam Whitehead. Today, researchers have found a connection between how strictly a state locked down in the early days of the pandemic and how many people ultimately died of COVID-19 there. There were
1: people who have been skeptical about whether a lockdown works. And this data is showing
0: you that lockdowns do save lives. Vivian Ho, health economist at Rice University and the Baylor University College of Medicine, joins me to dig into the data. That's next. You love free. And at Ameris Bank, so do we.
1: Support for WABE's local coverage on maternal health and mortality comes from Georgia Health Initiative, whose mission is to inspire and promote
0: collective action that advances health equity for all Georgians. Learn more at georgiahealthinitiative.org. A state's decision to impose a strict lockdown early last year as the coronavirus started to spread is linked to the overall number of COVID-19 deaths that state saw over the course of the pandemic. That's the conclusion of a recent report from health economist Vivian Ho from Rice University and the Baylor University College of Medicine. She's with me now to discuss what she found. Vivian, thanks for talking with me. Sure. Happy to. So in this paper, you kind of posit that early lockdowns are the most closely associated with reduced death rates. Just to start, talk to me broadly about what y'all found uh, doing this work.
1: You know, it's kind of an odd story the way this study started. So let me start from there. I wasn't thinking about this particular topic at all. And then Mike Saletta just emailed me out of the blue with these graphs. Mike Saletta is actually an independent uh, consultant who works here in Houston. And he had contacted me because I had spoken with WalletHub on various different recommendations regarding COVID and what it meant for the economy, and he happened to see my name mentioned, and he said, hey, look, I pulled this data from Wallet Hub, looking at the openness of various different states at various different dates, and I've correlated with the number of deaths in the population by state. And look at this interesting pattern. And he found this general pattern that states that were more open would start to actually have lower death rates when you start, looked at the very early part of the pandemic and that pattern lasted for about three months and then it switched directions. And then it turns out that States that were um, more open at the start of the pandemic, you know, ended up having higher death rates many months down the road in November and Actually, academic researchers wouldn't have thought to plot the data this way, to relate what happened in terms of early decisions regarding lockdowns and what happened many months afterwards.
0: I want to dig into a little bit the granular work you did here, and I want to start by kind of taking us back in time to spring. This was a long time ago, back when states were kind of first figuring out what to do in response to this emerging pandemic. What was really the state of the country then? We had some states that were hit really hard by this thing and some states where it hadn't even reared its head. That's correct.
1: So at the start, um, everyone remembers um, how This pandemic did a tremendous amount of damage in the East Coast, New York, but um, also New Jersey, Massachusetts, very high numbers of deaths at that time. And then you saw other parts of the country where there were really hardly any deaths at the
0: start. All pandemics are local, right? So we had this kind of disparate experience, depending on on where you were. That, I recall, translated to different states taking different approaches to lockdown.
1: Yes. So at the very start, you had some states that chose not to impose many restrictions at all, and and some states that imposed uh, drastic restrictions. And so you could actually posit that what happened is the states that had the worst number of deaths decided to lock down drastically. WalletHub is a, is a website that keeps track of many different types of business factors, and they decided to track what was going on in terms of the restrictiveness of these different rules for different states. Um, so you saw some of the most drastic lockdowns uh, early on, which they were able to measure starting in, in early May. You could see New York had an extremely strict lockdown. So did Pennsylvania, Rhode Island. The index numbers, if you want to see the, the lockdown values or sort of the openness of the economy on May 5th for New York was 17.95, according to Hub. But then on the other end of the, the spectrum, places like Arkansas had an openness of 52 0. 0.69. Alabama had 46.41. So there was quite a difference in how much they decided to keep their economies open.
0: And you're mentioning these kinds of specific numbers. I mean, my understanding is Wallet Hub created an index here where, say, putting something like a mask mandate in place would contribute to a place's openness or, or kind of closedness score.
1: Right. They went through multiple different factors to come up with their index. So the factor that would lead to the most restrictiveness was whether restaurants and bars were allowed to stay open. And then some of the smaller factors were workplace temperature screening as a guideline. Um, Something a little bit more restrictive would be travel restrictions, and then wearing a mask would be more restrictive than
0: that. That is one of the variables you're looking at. You look at that compared to deaths over time. Talk to me just about your methods. How did you track that particular metric state by state, how many COVID-19 fatalities were happening?
1: So we were able to track daily deaths using John Hopkins' COVID-19 data set. And so we were able to tell the number of deaths by day in each state, and we could then Look at the number of deaths per capita by dividing those numbers by the um, U.S. census population estimates. So we had um, daily deaths per million for every single day from March all the way through to November.
0: It's looking at that over time that that y'all have found something interesting. Walk me through kind of how the relationship between these two factors, openness and deaths, changed over the course of the pandemic, because you've actually found that you broke this town into a few different kind of discrete points in time when, say, these things are more related than others.
1: Yes, that's right. So what we did is we measured the correlation between the openness of a state on a particular day as tracked by WalletHub, and the first day was was May 5th, and we correlated the openness of each state on May 5th, to their daily deaths per million on every single day afterward from March through the 1st of November. And when we look at that pattern, we find that when you're looking at openness, say, on May 5th, and deaths, it looks as though openness actually seems to be correlated with fewer deaths, up to a point somewhere in May, and then the line starts to switch and move upwards. And starting in the beginning of July, the openness of your economy is leading to an increasing number of daily deaths per million all the way through
0: until the start of November. I would think that an early lockdown would have more immediate effects, that we would see A lockdown in the beginning of the pandemic translate to fewer deaths then, but you actually found that that translated to fewer deaths over time. Was that surprising to you? It was quite surprising at first. And here's what we we think is going on. When you start
1: looking at the very early months of the pandemic, the number of deaths would drive the decision of the state to lock down. And so that's why you would see Very early on, the states that had the worst impact of the coronavirus then imposed the tightest restrictions. But then it takes a while for those restrictions to have an effect. And, you know, from our data, it looks like it takes about two months. But once those restrictions really do start working, lockdowns start saving lives, and furthermore... Those early lockdowns, the very strict lockdowns, were the most important in terms of saving lives, because we do this correlation over and over. We start looking at the lockdowns as they start loosening up, and what we find is that the tightest correlation between lockdowns and saving lives is from that very earliest period of lockdowns that we see in the data.
0: This is, Did You Wash Your Hands?, I'm Sam Whitehead talking today with health economist Vivian Ho about the relationship between how strictly a state locked down early in the pandemic and how many COVID-19 deaths that state eventually saw. We're talking about correlation here. I think maybe this is an important time to differentiate that from causation. Can you draw the conclusion from the data that y'all are looking at that that kind of stronger relationship... Stronger lockdowns necessarily caused fewer deaths. Can we draw that conclusion?
1: Unfortunately, we can't draw that conclusion. What we can say is that the data is consistent with the hypothesis that lockdowns save lives. So when you take a state like Texas, um, we started out fairly open. But then what's surprising is that we made the rules even laxer. And that unfortunately led to the outbreak that was covered in the news that we all know was quite damaging to the state. And so what happens in these cases is that it was very clear politically that the governor was under tremendous amount of pressure to open up the economy. So this is why you have to take into account the fact that the public has different perceptions of how dangerous it is to get out there and sort of engage in economic activity. And so, in a sense, you know, the political decisions on whether to lock down or not are a function of these sort of public beliefs. And Texas is very much in contrast to what happened in New York, where everybody saw how damaging this was. And that's why they were willing to sort of be more compliant and accept the tighter lockdown. And so, it could quite possibly be that the terrible damage that New York residents felt from being in the midst of this caused them to be much more careful for many more months in the future, regardless of the actual lockdown regulation that was in place.
0: Well, sure. And and you point this out in this paper that fear and experiencing the kind of first major wave of the pandemic really can have long-term effects on, on the how serious, say, a community takes the pandemic.
1: Yes, that's absolutely right. And I think sort of community fear and, and fear very close to you had a very important impact earlier on. We don't know whether that is going to persist in the coming months. It seems as though fear is not as much of a driver. So, so we can't say whether these effects are going to persist all the way out in the future. But we do think there's decent evidence to say that early on, either that fear or the lockdowns
0: did save lives. Here in Georgia, the kind of openness of the state, our elected officials here have really tied that to the impact on business. As our governor, Brian Kemp, reopened things, he stressed that it's not only, you know, his approach is not only about protecting lives, but protecting livelihoods. So what impact do these lockdowns have on economic activity in states? Did you look at that? And, and how does that factor in here?
1: Yeah, so we did actually um, correlate the openness on May 5th with unemployment rates, Um going out march through the start of november and and we did find that more openness did lead to lower unemployment rates so so there is potentially correlation between the openness and the and sort of the economic damage that comes about through these
0: lockdowns lockdowns certainly are maybe the most extreme form of you know, trying to slow a pandemic down. But did y'all look at the impact of, say, something like a mask requirement on business as well? Georgia's been a state that's been very reticent to um, uh, impose a statewide mask requirement, letting local governments make that decision. Um, Do those kinds of mitigation measures have any impact on business? We didn't look specifically at a mask regulation,
1: but it is one of the measures that is included in the Wallet Hub Index. So it's hard to say which factors is it that is correlated with more lives saved, but it certainly is one of them. So it's hard to
0: say, you know, which measure was the most effective. Things are worse now in the country with this pandemic than really they have ever been. What are the implications for what you found here for our current situation and even moving into the future? Are there lessons that you think those in power can learn from from what y'all have found?
1: There were people who have been skeptical about whether a lockdown works and what this data is showing you that lockdowns do save lives. Um, so the more restrictive things are, the more people's lives you're gonna save, and also hospitalization costs are going to be lower. So there's also an economic benefit in terms of lower health care costs associated with COVID. I hear many governors saying that they are beyond doing completely strict lockdowns and, and closing down restaurants and bars and things like that. You know, I think people need to think carefully, if these measures do work, what things can you do? For example, wearing a mask, reducing occupancy in bars and restaurants, what types of things like that, um, they could have tremendous benefits in terms of health care and in terms of saving health care costs. And I think they are worth it.
0: It's been really striking to me. And I'm curious to get your thought on this idea that states can't go back. You know, we've we've had officials here in Georgia are really hesitant to lock things down um, the way that they were willing to early on in the pandemic. What do you make of all that? It's pretty clear
1: that we have a very divisive society, and each group has no idea what the other one is up to and and, and what they are thinking. For example, there's a group who is out there. Um, we had a picture of of a bridal extravaganza in the Houston Convention Center downtown where there were at least a hundred women gathered in a room sitting together watching a bride walking down with her, her gown. Most of the people, the women there were masked and most weren't, you know, there's that crowd who's out there and there's another crowd that just will not go out and spend any money and they're going to stay home. And, and so the crowd that's out there saying, you know, what's the matter? And, 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 you know, we want our economy back isn't willing to think about, you know, if you really want to get the entire economy back, everyone needs to behave safely. So that group that is incredibly fearful would suddenly be able to see that it's safe. They are not coming out until it's safe for them to come out. And that's a huge portion of our economy that is just gonna be stuck at zero until we have herd immunity through a vaccine.
0: And that's really getting at this idea that I've had people uh, stress to me again and again, it is not our public health response versus the economy. It is our public health response um, enables the economy to get started again.
1: Exactly. We're not going to get back to normal until everybody feels that it's safe to go
0: out and spend money. Vivian Ho is a health economist at Rice University and the Baylor University College of Medicine. Did You Wash Your Hands is a production of 90.1 WABE Atlanta, where ATL meets NPR. WABE's managing editor is Alex Helmick. Scott Wolfel is Chief Content Officer. You can reach us at washyourhands at wabe.org. You can find all our episodes in your favorite podcast app. That's where you can also leave us a rating and a review. That really helps other people find the show. And you can find more stories on the coronavirus pandemic at wabe.org coronavirus. If you haven't recently, now might be a good time to go wash your hands. I'm Sam Whitehead. Thanks for listening.
1: The world is full of mysteries. Are ghosts real? Is that yogurt expired? Hey, the unknown can be scary, but when you donate to WABE, you know where your money is going. Your gift supports the journalism that keeps you informed and the programs that pull back the curtain on complicated stories. Help us make the world less mysterious. Become a member now. Go online to wabe.org donate and thanks.